Welcome to the Simply Resilient Podcast. This is episode 23, I'll Be Home for Christmas. Hi, my name is Jesse Ellertson, and I am a life coach and a military wife who is in the trenches of life with each of you. This podcast is for military wives who know how to handle the challenges of deployments and frequent trainings, but want to stop feeling mentally miserable in the process. You know what to do, and you're doing it, all while holding down the fort at home, but you are weary from living in survival mode and battling with your brain. If you are ready to thrive, then you are in the right place. Our battle buddy moment for this episode is a podcast review from mom8642135 and she says, "Jesse is real. I love that. I so wish I had had these tools when my husband was deployed. So helpful. Thank you so much for that review. Here we are tomorrow's Christmas Eve and we're ready to enjoy the holiday season with our family. Um, And the reason I wanted to create this episode today is because not all of you are with your loved ones right now, particularly if your soldier is deployed or if you're unable to be even with your extended family or your parents or siblings because you live far away due to where you're stationed or different things like that. And so I titled this one, I'll Be Home for Christmas because it's one of my favorite Christmas songs. And it just tells such a sweet story of what makes Christmas special to this person and to all of us. And then at the end of the the main line, he says, like, even if only in my dreams, I'll be home for Christmas in all these ways, even if only in my dreams. And sometimes when we aren't able to have the real thing, all we have available to us are our dreams and our thoughts. And so I thought that that Christmas title was very appropriate for today. So I just wanted to touch on the reality of military life and that some holidays we're together and some holidays we're apart. And we can talk about being with our family, but I'm mostly going to talk about being with our spouse. When we have to be apart, whether it be for Christmas or birthdays or other holidays that we have to spend apart due to deployments or trainings, that can be really painful and it can represent what's hard about military life. And it can also make the times that we are together that much sweeter. So for example, last year, my husband was in Iraq for Christmas and that was really hard. But this year, as we anticipate being together for Christmas, we can't believe how much more excited we are knowing how bitter it was to have him gone and then how sweet it is to have him back and with us this year for Christmas. So interestingly enough, um... I met my husband in 1998 when we were freshmen in high school and we dated off and on during high school and then I married my high school sweetheart. So we have been in each other's lives for 21 years and I kind of went through all of our Christmases in my mind and out of the 15 Christmases that we've been married, we've only spent one apart. That was really surprising to me. I had felt like it had been at least two or three, but the two that we almost missed because of different military trainings, we actually were able to swing being together for Christmas Day. And so in 2007, he was doing basic training and AIT afterward. And we weren't sure if he was going to be finished in time to be home for Christmas. And he actually was able to surprise us and come home even a little earlier than we thought. Once we were sure we'd be together for Christmas, we thought it was only going to be by like two days. And then he showed up on my doorstep even like three days 
days before that, which was a huge, awesome, fun surprise. And then in 2013, I touched on this in my episode about my broken leg, but he was getting ready to go on a deployment to Kosovo, and he had already technically left for the deployment, was just spending about a month and a half in Texas doing some training beforehand and was able to come home for about four days right at Christmas time. And so we've literally only spent one Christmas day apart, which was pretty fascinating for me to really go through that. Now, obviously, we've been apart many um, other holidays, birthdays, you know, when they're gone for a year at a time, they miss a little bit of everything. On this last deployment, I thought it was pretty interesting that he left two days before Father's Day. So he just barely missed Father's Day. And then he got home two days after Mother's Day, just a year later, and he barely missed Mother's Day. But you know, that's how it works in the military. They're not working around that schedule. And we all understand why, but it still is a little bit hard to deal with at times. So the main thing that I wanted to touch on today, besides acknowledging just the reality of of what this military life brings and the times that we have to be apart is I want you to just get some awareness and take some time to notice if you are in one of these moments where you're going to be spending Christmas apart from your husband, the solutions that your brain is offering you. And I want you to notice which solutions your lower brain is offering you and which solutions your higher brain is offering you. So we're going to start by going through a few things that your lower brain might be offering you on how to deal with this uncomfortable painful, undesirable situation that is happening to you, this circumstance really in the model. It's it's in the circumstance line that you are currently in the state that you're in and your husband is currently wherever he is and you're in different states. Those are just the facts of the matter. And what you've decided to think about it is is what makes all the difference. And so I think it's completely understandable to think like, I wish he were here and it's hard when he's gone and I miss him so much. But some of the solutions that your lower brain is going to offer you for this situation and what you're feeling is things like to avoid thinking about it, to avoid talking to people about it, to avoid talking to your husband about it, to try to distract yourself from the sorrow and the pain that you're dealing with. And another thing that it might offer for you to do is to feel bad for yourself. Now, I don't consider myself a person that tends to feel bad for myself very much or kind of go into that victim role. But I am amazed at the thoughts that my lower brain offers me when I'm really in the hardest parts of Brad being away in military life. My lower brain loves to offer me thoughts like, nobody knows how hard this is. You know, they don't get it. This is harder than what other people have to go through. They'll never get it. Things like that. And that takes me to that victim place of kind of poor me. I have it so much harder than everybody around me. And even though I don't totally believe that to be true, and I don't like living in that place, my lower brain is still offering me those thoughts. And so just getting a little awareness around it, it saying like, oh, let's feel bad for ourselves, that might help a little bit, then I can realize like, no, that's not a place I want to spend a lot of time feeling bad for myself. I don't enjoy that. That doesn't feel good to me. And another thing that indulging in those thoughts will take me to besides just the kind of that pity place or that victim role is it closes me off from other people. It distances me from the people around me who are trying to be there for me, who do love me, who do care for my family. It's making me feel distant from them and 
closed off to the to what they're offering me, to the support and the love that they're offering me in this hard time. And the last thing that I feel like is kind of the result of indulging in some of these solutions that your lower brain is offering you is to actually stay stuck in the hard parts of being apart on big holidays like Christmas. So now let's take just a minute to look at the solutions that your higher brain might offer you. So the biggest one, and we've touched on this before in the negative feelings and negative emotions episode, is to feel your feelings all the way through. So your higher brain is going to suggest that you open yourself up to this pain and this sorrow and this hard and what it feels like. And the beauty of this is then that you move through the experience. You don't try to push it away. You don't try to wish it weren't happening. You don't try to hide from it. You don't try to build a wall up or or anything. You just open yourself up to it. You feel it and you move through it and you get to the other side. Even if the next day you take that journey again, what you don't do is you don't get stuck and wallow in it. You feel it, you move through it. Another thing that working with the solutions from your higher brain offers you is connecting with your spouse about your shared feelings because you're both missing the other person greatly. And especially when you're having those thoughts like nobody knows what this feels like, he knows exactly what it feels like because he's apart from you as well. And if anything, you're at home in your home with your children and he is alone wherever he is. I'm not saying he has it harder than you. That's not a very productive game to play. Who has it harder? But you guys can connect over that shared experience rather than letting it be another little wedge in between you of I'm over here having this hard experience and you're over there having that hard experience and we're not going to talk about it. Not only are you able to connect with your spouse when you're willing to feel your feelings, but you're also able to connect with others. And so when they try to reach out to you because they're not sure what to do, they know that what you're going through is hard. They can't imagine going through something like that because they've probably never had to be apart from their spouse in that kind of way. But they want to reach out. They want to help for the most part. And they don't really know how to do that. And if you're in a place of being willing to feel what you're going through and feel your feelings, you're going to be in a way better place to open up to the people around you and let them in and let them know what would be helpful for you in that moment and not need to fix it or make it better even necessarily, but to just be in that experience with you can be a very connecting and rewarding and vulnerable place to be that will also help you move through the experience. And finally, it just puts you in that place of accepting their offers of support and love and accepting it for what it is and it being and it actually being successful in comforting you and booing you up through that hard time. So all of these things are what we're able to achieve when we work with our higher brain in these hard situations. So I decided what all of this looks like to me and what I like to kind of classify it as or categorize it as is self-compassion versus self-pity. And this is something that I'm going to address later in another episode, but I just wanted to touch on it here of these two initially might not seem that different to you, but what self-pity does is it's a solution. Anything, basically most of the things that come from our lower brain in in regards to this are a form of that self-pity. And what self-compassion does is self-compassion says, this is hard and I'm grateful to myself for being willing to do hard things and I know how to feel hard feelings and I know how to get through this where self-pity says I wish this weren't happening to me I wish I didn't have to do this this is hard this shouldn't be happening and both are totally okay 
but I want to offer you these clarifications and this awareness around the matter because while both are totally okay, one feels so much better than the other. And neither one is going to really solve what you're going through. No matter what, you're going to have to feel it one way or another at the beginning or the end, all through it, whether you hide from it for a while and then let it in because it's painful to be apart from our loved one, from our spouse on such an important family day like Christmas. But when we go with the solutions, quote unquote, solutions that our lower brain offers us, that's where we add that unnecessary suffering. We take something that's already hard and then we add hard on top of it. And we do not want to create that in our lives. We want to just deal with the regular amount of suffering and learn from it and grow from it and move through it as best as possible while staying connected to our spouse and also staying who we want to be in that hard situation. So that's what I have for you today on this. I hope that is helpful to you as you work through this holiday. And I just want to send you all of my love and support for those of you who are apart from your spouses on this Christmas. Just use, really channel that self-compassion of taking care of yourself and acknowledging all that you do and the work that it takes to create all the magic of Christmas by yourself when you usually have your husband there to help you. It's a lot and you've got this. You seriously do. Take some time to love on yourself and take care of yourself as you do what it takes to get through this hard experience. And that is my mission for the episode is to channel that self-compassion. It feels so much better than self-pity. And you may not even realize that you've been channeling some of that self-pity because it might not come out straight and obvious like that poor me. It might come in other ways like I mentioned earlier. So really write out that model, putting self-compassion in the feeling line and see what you come up with. And I think you're going to be really surprised at what a difference it will make. We're going to end the episode with a hot mess moment I've been wanting to share with you guys, but I decided to wait until around Christmas because it's a funny Christmas one. So when my leg was broken and my husband was coming home just for the few short days back in 2013, coming home from Texas, I had had surgery on like December 17th and he was coming home on Christmas Eve and they ended up driving all through the night and I got a text from him at about 6.30 a.m. on Christmas Eve morning and that woke me up and he said, we're an hour away. And I panicked. I really thought I had hours and hours to prepare for him to come. I thought they were going to stop and get a hotel and then drive the rest of the way on Christmas Eve and that he would be coming home like in the afternoon. And I had several things that I wanted to accomplish before he arrived. And some of the main things that I wanted to do was to take a shower and wash my bedding because I had been in this bed recovering for you know, basically since December 9th. So it had been weeks. And when you just live in a bed, it just doesn't feel very good and clean. And I think that we had washed them at one point, maybe when I was getting my surgery, but it just really was time again, especially because my husband was coming home. We were going to share that bed together. And so I only had an hour to accomplish some of these things. And it's 6.30 a.m. and everybody's asleep. And I'm on crutches and still just totally in the thick of recovering from my surgery. I'm a mess. But I channel some sort of adrenaline or something. And I called my in-laws who were staying with me. And they were upstairs. I called them on their cell phones. Neither of them answered. Uh, I could hear somebody uh, out on the couch in the kind of the family room. And sometimes my father-in-law goes and sleeps on the couch because he's kind of a snorer. And when my mother-in-law can't sleep, she kicks him out and says, go sleep on the couch so I can get some sleep. So I could hear snoring and I was pretty sure that was him. And so I, it was up some stairs, so I couldn't quite get to them, but I called to him 
and I didn't hear an answer. And so I just realized it had to be me. And so with my crutches and just manhandling things, I was able to strip my bed. Like I couldn't even get around my bed. It's like a queen size bed. And I had to like reach my crutch out to like pull the sheet off the fitted sheet. And I get it all balled up on the floor. And you just can't really appreciate this unless you've ever used crutches. But the, the laundry room was close to my bedroom where I was recovering in. And But even though it was only just kind of across the hall, it still took quite a bit of finesse to get all the sheets into the washer. So you cannot carry things and use crutches. It's really an interesting idea of your hands have to be on the bars of the crutches. And so you cannot carry anything. You can't have it under your arm like you might do if you don't have the use of your hands. You can't, there's no way to carry it without like a backpack. And so I would grab the bundle of sheets on the floor with my crutches balance for just a second while I kind of threw them a couple steps then I would step forward then I would pick up the sheets with my crutches again throw them a little bit further then I would step forward and then I was able to bend over and get the sheets and get them up into the washer I mean I can just remember this so clearly of I was just laughing at myself because I must have looked so ridiculous just rushing around trying to get my sheets in the wash so once they were washing then I needed to take some sort of bath because I couldn't quite shower yet um given my whole leg and cast and brace and everything so I'm able to get a bath running I don't have any clean clothes to put on because they were all upstairs and they would just bring me clothes as I needed them so I'm calling my in-laws again I think it's about 7 a.m at this point neither of them answer again I call out to my father-in-law he doesn't hear me I, I don't know what's happening but I'm in the bath getting clean I have nothing to put on. And, you know, getting even in and out of the bath is its whole own thing because I'm in this full straight leg brace and it's all still hurts. Like everything hurts. So normally I would get help getting like lowered in and and out. But again, I just got that adrenaline going and I just made it all happen. Anyway, my mother-in-law finally heard my phone call and she was able to get up. I think this was about 7.15. I was clean at this point and just kind of waiting in the bathroom for clothes. And she was able to bring me what I needed and I was able to get dressed. She switched my laundry and uh, made my bed pretty close to when my husband was like pulling in the driveway. And then the last thing we decided to do was make a surprise for the kids because they thought he was coming home that afternoon. And we had our big Christmas tree box just empty in the garage. And so we just pulled off this little surprise where Brad climbed in the Christmas tree box on the front porch and then rang the doorbell. And I was in my wheelchair by the front door and the kids were kind of eating breakfast and, and just not knowing that anything was going on. And I said, go get the door. And I don't know who's there. I wonder if it's like a Christmas package or something. And they opened it and he popped out and they screamed. It was so fun. Such a fun surprise. So anyway, I can just still so vividly remember me awkwardly with my crutches just running around crazy. Not really running. Hobbling around crazy trying to get those few things accomplished. And amazingly enough, I got it all done. I was super impressed and grateful to the help of my in-laws once they were awake and able to help me and... We had a nice three days together before he had to head back. Okay, I'm going to leave you guys with one final little treat here. I'm actually going to sing for you just part of this I'll Be Home for Christmas song that I love um, because it just is so sweet and holds a special place in my heart. So here we go. I'll be home for Christmas. You can plan on me. 
Please have snow and mistletoe and presents by the tree. Christmas Eve will find me where the love light gleams. I'll be home for Christmas if only in my dreams. Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you so much for making time in your day to listen to this episode. If this podcast resonates with you, please send an email to jesse at simplyresilient.net to schedule your free life coaching mini session and see if working with me would be a great fit for you. Remember, when we choose to intentionally manage our minds, we go from feeling mentally miserable to feeling like a mental warrior. You've got this. I'll talk to you soon. Over and out.